Welcome to Deep Dive. Now I'm talking directly into the mic. I'm Jackson Russo. I'm Adam Selby, and I know how to use a microphone. Yeah. This week, uh, we decided to, uh, or I decided I for us. Say, you decided. <laughs> We're listening to all of the Beastie Boys, the Beastie Boys' music. Uh, they, they put out a lot more music than I thought. Yeah, me too. If you listen back to last episode, <laughs> I said, oh, they have four or five albums. And then we looked it up before it, that episode was over, and uh, they it's have eight, eight albums. <laughs> um, have you ever listened uh, to the Beastie Boys? I've heard the plenty hits. of their songs, uh, yeah. mostly the hits probably, and then also like a family friend who always played them like when we were going somewhere Yeah, in their car. That was like his favorite band. So... Um, I recognize enough of the songs too that are not hits. I've never like sought them out to listen to them, other than one of the albums that we'll get to. Yeah, so um, the Beastie Boys uh, are New York City. They were a punk band, a rap group. They're musicians, uh, most notably. Yeah, multi instrumentalists too. Most of them, right? Most notably, they're known as a hip hop group, uh, but. Uh, they're from New York City, and then they ended up moving to L.A. for a bit. Uh, but basically, they're New York City boys, and that comes through a lot in their music. Uh, but uh, it's primarily made up of three uh, musicians. It is Michael Diamond, a.k.a. Mike D., uh, Adam Horowitz, a.k.a. Ad-Rock, and then Adam Yauk, MCA. Um so they were a group from 1981 to 2012. I also had uh, heard their greatest hits, and, uh, you know. I mean, I, I think most people know who they are from a couple of their songs, at least, and that, you know. Yeah. How do you want to do this? You want to just talk about the music, and then we can do general ideas, or do we want a blanket statement first? I think we can go with uh, general kind of feelings first yeah. for this one. So I just because most of their albums are the same, yeah, uh, or very similar, and yeah. So I really, I mean, we can still go through album by album because there were some albums that were, yeah. Let's bit, just you know. go through it, and I think <laughs> it'll come out how we truly feel about this. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So the first album, yeah, uh, nineteen eighty six, yeah, licensed to ill. Um, this is definitely their biggest album. Yeah, and has the most songs that you'll recognize. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, even the um, album artwork is pretty notable. Also, yeah. apparently uh, Eminem released an album recently called... Or I don't know hmm. how recent. I don't give a shit about him. Uh, but he recent, released an album called Kamikaze, and it's literally that same artwork. just that artwork. And apparently he didn't even ask them or tell them Apparently he's a super big fan of the Beastie Boys, so I mean that that makes sense. But you should still ask. Oh yeah, especially yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, but he's an asshole, so I don't really care. Um, yeah, and I'm talking about Eminem. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, this so, uh, album was certified diamond. There's not a lot of albums that have been certified diamond, but I don't, I don't know what that means. But I assume that's a lot. Yeah, let's see if I can get that pulled up real quick. Diamond is 10 million units. That's a um, lot. How how many people have that? I know Adele has it. Let's see if I can get that pulled up real quick. Uh, it's a longer list than I thought. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a dozen names. but Oh, did you? Uh... Nah, I mean, yeah, it's. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot more people than you would think. Oh, but... wow. This and is... R. Kelly is on there. Yeah, it's really long. That's oh, great. Shame. Uh, the The top album ever uh has gone 38 times platinum uh that's the eagles greatest hits mm-hmm. wow this is nuts just looking at this this is how we should pick uh things to listen to maybe i didn't know billy joel was that big 23 times platinum for his greatest hits volume well, one and two i think that's cheap to be fair back in the day before streaming and everything yeah 
and that, that, that was the only way to get music, you know, was and, to actually buy it. So. Yeah, and that's how uh, it definitely has helped this album a lot, Licensed to Ill, because, and they've even said yeah. that uh, um, in interviews that, like, they have no clue, uh, the Beastie Boys have no clue that how, like, someone could be an artist nowadays, that they talk about how they can be really humble and whatnot, and just talking about how, like, oh, you know, uh, they, you know, were really lucky and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that can kind of bring us into the album. Uh, this album is super fun, mm-hmm. and you can tell why it's so massive. I mean, yeah, you can. You also listening to it, you hear all the songs you know by yeah. them. And, and this this album had seven singles. Yeah, in the uh, span of a year. So Slayer's Carrie King, who's the guitarist, plays on um, "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." which was fun. That's cool. Yeah. He, he does the, uh, guitar solo. Um, so this is an album that is easily, you know, when you hear the BC boys, it's what you think of. It's what everyone thinks of. Uh, it has their, what I associate as their biggest song, brass monkey on it, Mm -hmm. which that's obviously going to be the opening. I don't even have to think about it for this, uh, episode. That's going to be the song you hear at the beginning. Um, but uh, there, you know, for the most part, it's just kind of like this is one of those albums that, like, even if you don't know all the songs by name, uh, you go through it and you're like, oh, I know this song, like Paul Revere. Uh, I didn't know that song by name. You've heard it though. And yeah. then it started playing, and I was like, oh shit, I know this song. Uh, Girls. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite song on the album, just because you That's know. It's a good song. Yeah, it's, funny. it's so funny, and and here's a really good thing about it. Well, and it's it's weird too. Like, the yeah. instrumentation is different from oh, the yeah. other stuff on the album. So, so here's the thing about uh, the BC Boys is um, they got their start with Def Jam Records, and when I say that they got their start with that, Def Jam Records had also just started. And if you don't know Def Jam, it was also uh, you probably know Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. He's the one who started Def Jam. I think it was him and another person. But yeah, I think that he, other he pro- was a producer on this album, and yeah, which uh, you know I think that worked well for them, and they they apparently helped a lot with the formation of Def Jam. But um, kind of when we're talking about these 1980s rappers, it, it's that kind of whole a lot of the time the popular ones. It, it's that kind of machismo type thing, the kind of false masculinity or whatever it is the the inflated masculinity of like oh i have all these guns i have so much sex and i party all the time that kind of thing Mm -hmm. the kind of fake lifestyle that uh a lot of this a lot of that pop music at the time uh portrayed and so these guys uh the beastie boys in a very tongue-in-cheek way i they set out to kind of poke fun at that frat boy uh, lifestyle that these rappers were uh, portraying. And that's really what this album is, because you listen to this, and it's just ridiculous what they're saying. It's like three white Jewish kids from, uh, you know, uh, New York City. And that's not me just as an outsider. It's that's They've actually said that, that, like, the purpose of this is, like... Well, yeah, and that's, like... That's the antithesis of what they are. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's almost almost making fun of it oh yeah it, but, it 100% but like, is well not like in a ha ah, this is stupid kind of way necessarily yeah. it's like making fun of it because it's like this is pretty goofy isn't it like it's basically taking it and writing the exact same way uh someone else and uh is who is being serious about it or trying to be serious about yeah. it uh and then turning it up times 10 to kind of accentuate like this is ridiculous yeah it's exaggerated yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're not in there, like, saying stuff that it's like, oh, this is a satire album. It's more just, like, this is ridiculous listening to what these guys are talking about. Um, and, you know, Girls is a really good example of that. Yeah. Brass Monkey. Paul Revere is probably the best example. Just the, this, like, these fake uh, backstories. They, it, it, that song, they basically are just, like, it's a really basic uh, sample drum beat. And uh, they just, like, go in order, uh, all three of them, and just kind of tell this weird backstory of themselves that is obviously made up. But Yeah. So, apparently, you know, I like this album. 
Yeah, it's and fun. As we I, get I think through. I mean, it's a really, it's one of those like near perfect like debut albums. Yeah. Like uh, it really is like this is, if you only listen to one album, this is the one to listen to. Like it is the Beastie Boys. Which I think is unfortunate because I think what they become after this album is better than what this is stylistically mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I can also accept that this, if I were to want to get anyone into the Beastie Boys and point them towards an album and they were only going to do give one album a shot, it's obviously going to be this one, right? Yeah. whether or not I like that. So that is, you know, important. So after that, after this album, uh, they had a, a blowout with uh, Def Jam and Rick Rubin, which, you know, you can hear all about that, but as it normally is, it's about money. I think they've yeah. all, um, you know, I'm sure they've settled it, figured now. it out by now. Yeah. But, you know, they, they basically left Def Jam and were going to do everything on their own, which was, you know, they were Def Jam's biggest artist at the time, but, you know, Def Jam well, did Yeah, fine. so... Um, Rick Rubin's not a producer on any of their other stuff. Nope. Um, yeah, they did not want to work And with starting them. with this second album, they found a new producer to work with. Yeah. Um, so that af- they spent a long time touring. Basically, they were touring nonstop. Uh, and according to them, they went from this, uh, you know, poking fun at this frat boy lifestyle and partying nonstop to just kind of realizing towards the end of that touring cycle that they had kind of become that thing that, that they, they were making started fun of. Doing that, yeah. And so they kind of wanted to take a, they wanted to take a step back and say, Oh, you know that we were trying to make fun of that. And now we are that that's not good. So that's what they were trying to do with this second album. Uh, Paul's boutique, which came out in 1989. That's uh three years later, according to uh, if I am remembering right, they apparently toured nonstop for those three years. And that was also a big reason yeah, they that, left that Def Jam. Yeah. Because during those three years, Def Jam had them uh, touring nonstop. And then uh, at one point they said, hey, where's your second album? And they're like, oh, we didn't know we were supposed to have a second album yet. And they're like, oh, it's in your contract and all that kind of stuff. And basically they were like, hey, guys, we're friends. Why didn't you just tell us that we would have done it? And just a big blowout of like, oh, yeah. You've been and they're like also if you wanted us to have a new album ready or in the uh, process of being finished, like don't have us touring for three years nonstop. So they have this uh, their second album, uh, Paul's Boutique, which apparently has been hailed as the Sergeant Pepper of hip hop. I've never heard that, but that's weird. So I sent I mean, you a video on uh, on this. I uh, forgot to do my homework and it, I did not watch that. It's totally fine. It's a really interesting video. Uh, Amazon actually did it. Hmm. Amazon did some like I think it's like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes long video just talking about uh, the uh, progression of the Beastie Boys. Not necessarily their whole history, but their progression starts on this album and then we'll you know change after that. But yeah. uh, and then they there's like an hour long. Uh, audio version on Amazon if you're a Prime well, member. If, if people want to watch that, that'll be in the show notes. It's called like a Still Ill or something. I don't know, but I sent it to you or we can find it pretty easily. We'll find easily. it at some point. I can't it, find it right now. It's produced really well. But uh, So the second album uh, called The Sgt. Pepper of Hip Hop. Uh, we all know what Sgt. Pepper's is. Uh, it, it was produced by the, the Dust Brothers, who... Who we mentioned a couple episodes back. The the Beck producers? Yep. Well, you know, some of Beck's be- best stuff. My favorite album. Um, yeah. What do you think about this album? Anything? Um, it I definitely th- has less songs that I recognized off the bat. Very much like uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper's. I don't give a shit about this album. And I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that out there. All right. uh, I don't have any strong opinions on it, but it does feel more like random and sporadic. Like it, they're just kind of throwing shit at the wall. It's funny because uh, that, you know people like hail this as such some some great hip hop album. And I'm not, I'm not I mean, a huge maybe fan, maybe it so. is, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of hip hop traditionally. So like, or historically, I guess. So like, I mean, odds are I maybe didn't look at it in that capacity. But yeah. The only 
hit off of it that I recognize as Hey Ladies, and even that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I think Shake Your I mean, there's a yeah. few songs that you'll you, that people might recognize, but it's definitely not on the level of that first album. So. Which, which is weird because, you know, I feel like people are acting critically. This is a better album, and, you know... You know, that's totally okay if you feel that way. But uh, it's just strange because uh, apparently when they released this album, uh, it did horribly. Uh, I mean, that, so, that makes sense. Yeah, they um, it, it was just, like, panned. Uh, they went from playing these sold-out, uh, like, thousand-seat places and all that kind of stuff, opening up for Madonna, all that kind of stuff, to playing, like, they would go on tour and they were playing to, like, ten people. Imagine that. That's fucking that, weird. That had to suck. So they were talking about it, and one of them, uh, and we'll get to this, but one of them has passed away. Uh, MCA passed away, but the two still surviving members, uh, they talk about it, and Mike D talks about, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, it was a blow, but, like, you know, whatever, not a big deal. And then... Uh, ad rock is always talking about man we never really cared about that kind of stuff like we were having a good time we even if people didn't like the record and people weren't coming out to shows like we had an awesome time making it so it's kind of you get these conflicting attitudes but that just kind of seems they're all older now they're in their 50s that makes sense yeah i mean at the time about it i would imagine it was more upsetting but yeah and uh yeah. And I mean, reasonably so, too, to, like, go from that first album and that giant tour to... Yeah. Well, apparently, they uh, once they started noticing people weren't showing up to shows, they just were like, okay, we're not going to tour then. Like, we're, yeah. like, which, you know, that makes sense. So, uh, that kind of... Those first two albums, I believe Paul's Boutique was also... It, it was recorded in L.A. and New York. The first one was recorded predominantly in New York if not all in New York. Mm-hmm. So then you got anything else on Paul's Boutique for you? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, maybe I should listen to it again and I listen see to if it I twice. think it's the, the Sgt. Pepper of, of this genre, but I mean, I don't know. There's a fucking 13-minute song, almost 13-minute song that it ends on. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. It, it's, uh, the B-Boy, uh, I don't even know how to say that word. Uh yeah, I'm not even going to fucking try. The last song on the album is almost 13 minutes. So uh, after this, uh, in 1992, they released Check Your Head, which is stylistically just completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, this So much so that I think the first half of this album was hard to get through. This is my favorite type of Beastie Boys. Whenever I would listen to the Beastie Boys, this is what I th- thought of. Uh, was this kind of style of yeah so um, yeah and I, I i will say just because that first half was hard to get through it doesn't mean it was bad it was just slower and more boring i don't know what it was but yeah well one of my favorite songs by them uh is so what you want and that's on this album uh they kind of you can tell this goes from this like really sample heavy style that they had to there's obviously mm-hmm. a live element now. You can tell that they're a band. Apparently, they just had this uh, space that they rented out as a studio, jam space, all that kind of stuff. People would skateboard there, all that kind of stuff. It's this warehouse-style place, and that's where they wrote and recorded this and would hang out with people and that kind of thing in L.A. So they went from this New York City band to L.A., and throughout their whole career even though they had transitioned over to la they still retain that attitude of like they're from new york city yeah uh especially when it comes to post 9-11 releases they they really wear it on their sleeve but uh yeah i mean i this they have really long albums (laughs) yeah we're gonna get to that at some point because they just get longer and longer but uh this album is one of the ones that it took a it while felt, to get through. Yeah, it felt long. It's only 53 minutes, but there's like 25 yeah. songs. It like, feels so it's long. Not, it's not really that bad, but it's like 20 songs still. But That's a lot. But it feels long, even if it's not that long. So let me get through my notes real quick, and then we can talk a little bit about that. You know, this is the change in style. 
personally, I think for the better. Uh, songs that I really liked are Pass the Mic. Uh, Gratitude, I think, is a really good song that showcases their new uh, live band sound. Uh, Finger Looking Good. Uh, that um, So What You Want, obviously, I said that. Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, Time for Living was mm-hmm. like just a straight punk song. No, yeah, it feels like they just decided to be a punk band for one song. Like, yeah. Oh, and I uh, don't know if you recognize. I mean, it's it's also that's not a bad song either. I think no. most of the stuff on this album is pretty good. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like uh, you know it's weird. This is still from the era of people would buy a an album mm-hmm. and listen to it all the way through because that's kind of what you did, or. Uh, but, you know, I feel like before the singles era, uh, streaming era that we're in now, uh, it, people made more coherent records. Like, it felt... Generally, yeah. Not that there was, like, oh, a story or anything. Like, yeah. it just felt like, a, okay, it has a nice ebb and flow. People thought about that. But oh, the, with a lot of Beastie uh, all Boys of the, albums... I think all of their albums, except for one of them that we'll get to, they definitely don't. Yeah, it doesn't. Go together. F- it doesn't feel like there's like a, a well thought out progression throughout the album. It's like, okay, we have twenty songs. Here they are. Yeah, with that kind of mixtape vibe. But I don't think that was intentional. No, um, but I mean, it does kind of work for their. Yeah. Their uh, music, although it leads to it feeling kind of random. Did you did but. you uh, recognize the song Groove Holmes? No. It's the song it? from Iron Man Two when he's uh, okay. in the donut, and. Uh, Nick Fury says, I'm going to have to ask you to exit the donut. That's fun. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, if I'll play it for you before you leave and see if you can recognize it then. If you go onto YouTube, uh, that's all the comments are like, oh, oh yeah. the fucking MCU, bro. <laughs> I like the MCU, but man, that it's can weird. get old. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I only had one other thing on this one. During the song Stand Together. I it occurred to me that I wonder if Jack White was listening to this before making his last solo album because it sounded really similar. I'm gonna have to go like, back and listen to that. Like now. very, it, it feels like he's very inspired by this if he listened to it. Yeah, that would make sense. Even though Jack White is very adamant that when he uh, right writes music, he doesn't listen. To yeah, music. supposedly. Sure. Which I was like, dude, that means you never listen to music. Like and that's for, just that's not the case. Yeah, like, for somebody who froths over vinyl like him, it's just like I seriously doubt you're not listening to music entirely. Yeah. Which I get his headspace. Uh, and, uh, Jack yeah, White. if you're if you're writing, you don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be someone's listening stuff actively. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to listen to music like every single second. No, but to say I don't oh, know, I'm I just, not gonna I just thought that that song specifically stood out as like this definitely inspired that song where Jack White rapped but didn't rap. So. Oh, uh, Ice Station Zebra. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's a great song. It's a good song, and everybody hates it because they're like, Jack White can't rap. I fucking love that album, and especially that part where he just starts yelling, copying God, copying God. Because in that song, he's talking about, like, uh, the whole, hey, uh, the whole people, um, you know, suing each other for their song sounding similar. Also, how did we, why are we talking about Jack White? (laughs) I don't know, just what (laughs) Maybe we'll do that another day. Uh, so if you thought 53 minutes was long, how about 59 minutes? Almost one hour. Yeah, their next record, Ill Communication, came out in 1994. I hadn't been born yet. Uh, Real? Oh, I was born in November of 1994. This came out in May, and I don't know my months, but I know know it's after. November only has one month after it, and it's December. Um, Good job. Yeah. So this is a This n- also has 20 songs. Yeah. But it's even longer. This one has a lot of uh out of uh their live band songs. This is or eh, live band albums. This is apparently their you know really big one cuz everybody knows the song Sabotage. I think you you said something else was their biggest song earlier, but that's definitely their biggest song. Yeah, I think I I said Brass Monkey. Yeah. Sabotage Brass Monkey's not even top five, probably. Okay, I'm gonna, I think so. I'm going to start... I mean, I with, think it's a really good song, but... I'm going to start with Brass Monkey and then Sabotage at the end. I think that's a that's good, good progression. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, we're, we're getting in, like, behind the scenes now on how this <laughs> yeah. works, but... It, it opens up with Sure Shot, which, that's a great song. I really like that song. That's the song... Uh, 
uh, man, I, I'm not going to, I was about to start rapping. I was like, nah, don't do that. Um, but, um, they, there's a lyric in that, uh, where MCA talks about like, Oh, this song, or this goes out to all the sisters and the mothers. I have all my respect to them or something like that, basically. And you should hear them all talk about that lyric. They're like, that was like feminism before it was even a thing. Like we were just like floored by it. Like we were so proud of him and all that, which like they are known for doing Mm -hmm. good things, different things than a lot of people in the industry were doing. Like in Woodstock 1999, uh, there was a lot of um, claims that uh, people were uh, sexually abused at that show because it wasn't well managed or managed well enough. And of course, uh, the management uh, squashed all those allegations and right. didn't uh, let any of the women speak about it. And when they went up to an accept a Grammy, uh, MCA walked up and said, Hey, by the way, or maybe it wasn't MCA. It was one of them basically said like, Hey, we need to respect like all the women and what they're saying. And like, if you come to a BC boys show, we promise like, we are doing everything we can to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. And basically saying, and he also even called out Woodstock 99 saying like, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, we need to listen to these people. So, you know, they, interesting. they went from this kind of like, obviously tongue in cheek attitude of like, you know, kind of itemizing women, uh, in that frat boy sense to, yeah. you know, now they're actively saying like, Hey, you know, everybody's equal. But also, apparently, MCA uh, went on a huge soul search and came back uh, really, uh, I think he was into Buddhism and that kind of stuff. So, hmm. yeah, if you... This is all way more information than I ever knew about Beastie Boys. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, they, he did a huge Tibetan Freedom uh, concert. Hmm. That's one of their huge concerts. I think that... Uh, this is around the time where they started getting back into the, like, oh, we're a big band again. Like, yeah, we're a big deal, and we can do something with it. Yeah, yeah. because they started realizing, oh, we can play festivals, and there will be thousands of people there to see us. So I'll, I'll get back to the music. Sorry. I felt like I had to pad a lot on this one, because I was like, I can't, uh, like... I mean, yeah. All the music sounds the same. It's Almost so hard. Day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, it, well, so, and so for this album specifically... It just feels like a random like assortment of stuff again, but yep. like even more so than the other ones. Yeah, I really like uh, Sabotage and Sure Shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Heart Attack Man sucks. That was a terrible <laughs> song. Uh, uh, the last Marquee half of the album is not any good really either, generally speaking. But Yeah, there's nothing of note except for yeah. Bismarcky being on it. And they're doing what they want, and that's good, obviously. Um, I just don't care for it, I guess. It's just too much, like too many songs that all sound the same. I mean, I I hate to say this, but the Beastie Boys, to me, are a greatest hits band. Yeah. Like, it's just like... Yeah, they weren't like a one-hit wonder kind of band, but they had a bunch of hits on different albums. Yeah, and And it's... And then the rest of it's like, eh. It's funny, because, like, I think they also feel that way, too. If you hear them talk about it now, they talk about, like, oh, yeah, people seem to like that song. Not sure why. Yeah. But, yeah, people like this song. We get that. So, like, they seem to understand, like, oh, yeah, we just released what we released at that time. Some of it didn't work, which I guess cool. But yeah. I don't know. When it comes to just output overall, it makes it difficult to go back and listen to. Um, yeah, I mean, I can pretty safely say none of these albums I would listen to, like, front to back. Yeah. After this. <laughs> Not even the first one? No, the first one I might. Yeah, I think that's the only um, one I might if somebody said, like, oh, here's a $10 vinyl of this. Would you buy it? I wouldn't buy it. but I think I would for 10 bucks. Listen to it, like, on you know, playing off my computer or something. Yeah. I don't think I would ever pick that. I don't know. This feels like such a shame to me because it's, it's I was... Cause it's not like they're a bad group or anything, and they're not, like... It's not like they're not talented either. So here's a little backstory. Just all of this is, yeah, like you said, greatest hits. Like if there's a greatest hits like record I could go buy that was like ten bucks, then maybe because it's like yeah. Here's a little backstory to uh, Beastie Boys for me. Uh, I have a thing for me that I call the band bucket list, and it's the uh, list of artists that I would like to see before they break up or before I die, that kind of thing. And well, uh, I have bad news about the Beastie Boys. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, like, Daft Punk is on there, yeah. which I don't think I'll ever get to do. Uh, they're probably never going to do anything again. Yeah, so. but that's okay. I've kind of, after Beastie Boys, I kind of accepted. This may not happen, but it's good to have that on my list, because yeah. if it ever does happen, maybe I can, I'll go above and beyond. So it's uh, Daft Punk, System of a Down, Arcade Fire, which I have now fortunately seen, and Beastie Boys was on there. Uh, so when MCA died, I was just like, fuck, I will never get to see them. They're yeah. apparently amazing live. Uh, when we had RTB2 on, their mm-hmm. drummer yeah. said that he was uh, he got to see them live and just talking oh, about yeah, them. Oh, yeah, seeing them live would be a lot of fun, even if I don't. Oh, yeah, man. I even if I didn't like that. half the songs they played. like Yeah, even after this, I wish yeah. I could see them live. But, yeah, that that's why this has felt really disappointing to listen to all the yeah. way through. Yeah, no, I get that. I still think... Uh, I will still listen to a greatest hits and I hate saying that I'm not that kind of person, but some bands just are that. Well, I feel like they would be okay with that too. Yeah. Um, so we got four more albums to get through. Uh, yep. uh, so up next 1998, four years later, hello nasty. Uh, so they clearly continue moving away from those first two albums and yeah. it's getting weirder and weirder. Well, don't worry. This one's 67 minutes. I know long. this one's also more than an hour. <laughs> this one was a fucking, slog to get beating. through <laughs> this took me like two days <laughs> yeah i was gonna say because you and i both like to listen to albums all the way through in one sitting or mostly in one sitting yeah. as, as um, best as ev- we can. actually everything i've listened to for the show has been in one sitting but it's like i didn't pay attention to half of it so i had to listen to it again the next day like it just sucks because this has really good songs on it like uh yeah it does yeah. body moving and intergalactic three mcs and one dj those are all really good songs. Uh, Intergalactic, we all know that song. Yeah, everybody's heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many movies it's been in, but it's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, well, not as much as Sabotage, but that's uh, true. But you know, uh, so here's a little fun thing. You know the Starboot. Uh, uh, let me. Starboot. <laughs> the Starboot. Uh, the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot of Star Trek. I know about it. Uh, so I think it was 2009. Uh, the you haven't seen it. I don't. I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Okay. Well, so there's a scene where Chris Pine is driving a, a I do car. Remember that. Yeah, I do remember and that. And he is blasting sabotage. Yeah. So there's this whole like uh, saying like there's this whole theory talking about uh, uh, what that means, and you would you're mm. like okay, well what what they don't. There is a song on uh, a forthcoming album that we haven't talked about yet where uh, they um, mention, uh, they talk about Star Trek in the song before they were even in that movie. So people are saying like, oh, if uh, the Beastie Boys exist in the Sabotage universe, I mean, but yeah. they talk about the, <laughs> they talk about or not the sabotage universe star, star trek, trek. Yeah. Uh, but they talk about uh star trek and um this song it's uh, it's check it out which is on a future album but <laughs> it, i mean that it's kind so of thing happens funny a lot, that though. people talk about that shit i think it's the people best. talk about the marvel movies where they make some reference to another movie and you're like oh shit so that does exist but oh it has like the same... how star wars is mentioned in uh well yeah Captain star, america star wars is the easy one um and, but it's owned by the same company. Yeah, but that that feels less weird. Like Mary Poppins, like you know, that's weird too because yeah. it's also Disney. Yeah, the ones that are not Disney, where it's just like, oh, that actor was in that movie and he's also in Marvel, so that's weird. So like, who played? Oh, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was mentioned in one of the more recent yeah. movies, you, and it's like, uh, who played Sam Jackson's character? <laughs> to all the listeners, can you tell we really liked the Beastie Boys? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, this is so. This uh, this album especially was not easy to get through. It was really hard to get through. There are great songs on it, but yeah. it's so hard to get through. And guess what? Ad Rock feels they just released a book uh, last year called uh, uh, the Beastie Boys book. <laughs> Inventive name. Yeah, uh, which I honestly would not hate to read because they seem like they have really funny stories they even there's even a comic uh, they, they did, just seem like really interesting people oh yeah they're so. really funny uh they just did, there's a graphic novel in the book that they like it's just like they had fun, fun making yeah. the book um 
So uh, according to AdRock in that book, which just came out last year, so I would say it's still reliable information, this is their best album. <laughs> huh. Yep. Uh, uh, I got to tell you, uh, I recognize this uh, album cover most of all out of all their album covers because whenever I was going to CD shops, uh, whenever I was starting to buy a lot of music, I saw this everywhere. Hmm. So... I, I will say this this album is on a lot of top ten lists for that year. Yeah. So maybe there's just something that we don't get. What else came out that year? Fucking nothing? Could be nothing good. Yeah. This is not a bad album. No, it's, it's not a bad album. There's, there's some, some good stuff. Uh, two songs that stood out to me were And Me and Song for Junior. Um, both of those have... <laughs> <laughs> this is a clusterfuck of you an just, episode like, tried to push her off and it didn't work i did not i tried to pick her up to meow in the mic and then put her down and she scrambled yeah th- those two songs have instrumentation i thought was cool um but I yeah have, i don't I know have it's nothing written down hard. other than the hits on this one because yeah we can just go on to the next one yeah it, it, it's an album i'm uh, glad if you like it because there's a lot of it yeah there is there's a lot of it so this is, this is their, their longest album uh, yeah, it has. It gotta be. Uh, like you said, it, it has it to be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, if it got longer than that, I would have lost my fucking yeah. mind. Uh, like even Coheed this uh, past year, when they in October when they released an album that was almost an hour and a half long, I got a little like nervous about that. And yeah, there's some fat that could probably be trimmed in it. It's still a great album, but like long albums. Albums can be long, the but they have to keep your interest. Like, yeah. But anyway, next album. Next album, uh, this is... Took like a six-year break between doing... This is their first post-9-11 album, mm-hmm. which is important when it comes to the Beastie Boys. It's and notable from the title, too. Yes. They're going back to New York stuff. This came out in 2004, and it is called... And they to recorded the Fla- this in New York, too. Yes, yeah. entirely. Uh, at Oscilloscope's Laboratories, which is a company that uh, MCA founded, which... I didn't know because they have a lot of good music documentaries. Mm-hmm. They did one about Pulp and uh, the Britpop band, and then uh, of Montreal. They did okay. a good music documentary about them, uh, and it's done by Oscilloscope. And I had no clue, but MCA was the person who hmm. started that, and it still goes today. And they make a ton of indie films and stuff like that. And apparently, they have a studio. That makes sense. But that was cool. As I said, like there's so much cool history behind them. I just wish their music was a little more consistent well i i almost wish it was less consistent because it's like it's all kind of similar that's fair yeah i wish they had done more variety of stuff more consistent quality yeah that's more consistent quality yeah yeah so uh to the five burrows came out in 2004 uh so this has my other favorite song on it check it out which is the first song on it and that's a really good song. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that talks about Star Trek and broke J.J. Abrams' universe. Um, what are your thoughts on anti-Bush music? And I'm not talking about... I mean, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's I'm a lot a fan. of... Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit overboard, but I also get it for the time it was, you know... Yeah. Um, the time it was written and recorded. There are two songs on this album that uh, are like notably anti-Bush called it takes no one of them is it takes time to build and then the other one is that's it that's all um i would say hey fuck you is also a possible song yeah probably (laughs) uh yeah i i like anti such and such music uh political but it can date itself a bit yeah uh because obviously it's relevant for us but you know 20 years from now i wonder how relevant talking about george bush would be George W. Bush. It's by even the way. dated now. I mean, oh yeah, like I I have a book called. It's L- like you know when movies try to reference something that happens. Oh yeah. Today and like during production, and then when it comes out in two years, you're gonna be like, well, who's? Who yeah, that was a good idea? I don't know. It's not quite that bad, but it is notable and like does date it to me at least. Yeah, uh, I like on this album. I like the sentiment of open letter to New York City. Mm-hmm. 
I think I like, that's a pretty good song, actually. I like the sentiment of it. It's obviously trying to talk about, like, oh, yeah, you know, New York is this beautiful place where you can really have this big melting pot and you can do really anything. It, it lets anything happen. But I'm just not a fan of it trying to have this really big anthem chorus. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just not for me. But I like the, the idea behind it, and it, it's one of their hits, so... Good for them, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, this album felt pretty repetitive again. Yeah, for the most part, it has so. uh, electronic beats instead of the sampled slash live that they had on the Which previous is cool. few albums. They're doing different stuff. Yeah. Uh, Crawl Space is a really weird song. Probably their weirdest that I can think of, and I really like it. It's, it's strange. So, I mean, my favorite songs off this, check it out, obviously. Best song on the album. Uh, Triple Trouble, pretty good. Uh, open Letter in New York City is fine. Yeah. Crawl Space, I love. Crawl Space is good. I, yeah. did, I don't know if I wrote... I didn't write that one down. See, but. that... This... I feel like this... Uh, just how we will... You'll say something, and then uh, I'm like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. It just shows how, like, it... I think it can it's be unremarkable. If, yeah, it can get lost, especially if everything around it is kind of... I don't know if boring is the right word, but, you know... Yeah. Uh, Forgettable, yeah. I got nothing else on this one. Nope. Got a really basic-ass uh, artwork. Looks like a little sketch. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it's... I like the way that they did their uh It's New York, and name. it has... Um, Can you the, name the five boroughs? Like, right now? Yeah. Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Bronx, and Long Island? No, not Long Island. No, I think... Uh, that's not right. Brooklyn, <laughs> Manhattan... Bronx, uh, Staten Island, Queens, Queens. No, I said Queens. Oh, so we're missing a fifth one. Yeah. Well, whatever that fifth one. It's is. the fifth one that I don't like. I mean, I've been to all the other ones and I like them all. So. New Jersey. Yeah, it's basically actually it is basically New Jersey. You guys so. like that that topical New Jersey joke? Yeah. I don't. I've never been to Jersey, so. Chris I, Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Wrong podcast. That's Olivia's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Olivia Countryman and her, and her political podcast. What is it called? Uh, Dressed for the protest. <laughs> and then I, I put you in a corner there. You did. I was, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. I uh, don't know if Olivia listens to these deep dives. I don't she, know. We'll find out. She, she's a really supportive friend and fan of this show. So if you're interested in local and uh, national U.S. politics. Uh, you should listen to it. I haven't because uh, that stuff makes me depressed. Yeah, no, uh, we have, we have fun doing the the ones that I've been on are mostly fun with drinking and talking about uh the current like debates and all how the shit show that is. So I will say this: while I haven't listened to her podcast just because that stuff depresses me, I enjoy talking with Olivia at parties about these types of things. She's fun to talk to about it. So. I'm sure the podcast is really fun to listen to. Podcast is good. Yeah, she has good interviews too. With, Shout out uh, to you. More local stuff. So. Shout out to you, Olivia. Um, so, so yeah, we really love the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a longer episode, which is very funny. Yeah. Because normally we have shorter episodes. At least you and I do. Yeah, when we didn't like something like Caius. Yeah, and well, even then, like it, like the My Bloody Valentine episode, I think was pretty. Sure. Just well, the police episode. No. No. Yeah. The well, now I'm catching myself in this fucking web. Fuck this. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. 2007's the mix up. Nah. Fuck this album. This album is great. No. <laughs> no. Great. I knew you're gonna like this garbage. It's an Adam. It's why a, do you like this? It's album? It's an instrumental album. Uh, I've listened to this before, actually. Um, it's just good background music. Well, for me, while working on stuff, and I just think it's interesting. Uh, it's. You know, it's got some jazz influence to it, which is cool and weird. But uh, I don't like. It doesn't their feel use like of like congos and bongos and shit. Well, no, so it's just sick of those. It's weird, whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> it is it is super weird to listen to it in this context of going through these in order, because uh, it is one hundred percent not a Beastie Boys album. Like, I got halfway. I know that it is, but like, I got halfway through and I was like, "What's going on here? Did I pick <laughs> the wrong album up?" And then I looked up the Wikipedia. I was like, "Hey, fuck this." So this it's is all instrumental. This is the first album on this show that I was just like, I'm good. I know exactly what this yeah. is. Lots I'm of good. lots and lots of people hate this album too. 
You're yeah. not alone. It won a Grammy. I'm not going to say it's a really, really great album, but I did enjoy it was different. I wish they'd done, they had done more like different experimental stuff than I can appreciate making the same album this. seven times. Yeah, I can appreciate them doing this, but man, 42 minutes of this feels like 70 minutes. I'm glad it wasn't longer, though. I will say that. 40, 40 minutes is good for this. Yeah. Uh, if this had been an hour, I probably would hate it. Because it would have been too much. Yeah. So. Of course you like this album. What the fuck? <laughs> so but yeah. Um, their if, last you, if you like instrumental music, go listen to that one. If you don't, just skip it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the last album uh, came out in 2011. Uh, it's called the Hot, Co- Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. It's a great name. And I know it really <laughs> is, and I really like the artwork. And I know what you're thinking. Jackson, Adam, or maybe you thought, Adam, Jackson, uh, what about Hot Sauce Committee Part 1? Well, that never came out, so they just released Part 2, and there's this whole, I read over the paragraph where they explained what happened on that maybe yeah, five times. It was originally planned to be released in two parts. But I read it maybe like five times and just didn't understand why they released this as Part 2 instead of just saying Hot Sauce Committee. Uh, it's kind of fun. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Uh, but I'm talking about just the naming of the album. It doesn't matter. Uh, this is their last album. Uh, their yeah. This is this is their last album. Uh, it's 45 minutes, so it's a good length. Thank Jesus. Um, I think it's a pretty good album. Yeah. Uh, there's more experimentation with uh vocal effects on this album, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Uh, not to say that it always lands, but it is cool to hear that. Uh, yeah. They they put a lot well, of like they're doing something different. Yeah, so. they put distortion on their vocals on songs, which is cool to hear. Uh, the song "Say It" is a more aggressive split between hip hop and punk, which is cool to hear them mix those a little more. Because a lot of times when they were doing this previously, it would be hip hop or it would be more punk. It wasn't as much like "Sabotage" is a punk song. Yeah, and then you have you know hip hop songs like check it out i mean it's just they didn't mix them as well they mainly uh just you know had one or the other uh lee majors comes again uh it's just a straight punk song and i mean i feel like that's what they do pretty well though yeah like Uh, they could have done a whole album of that and it would have been good i i wrote right here the song crazy ass shit has a child singing the chorus uh i'm not sure what i meant by that (laughs) uh i have yet to on this episode figure out whether it's better for me to just do this off the cuff or to do notes um yeah i haven't quite figured it out just to clarify crazy ass shit is a song on this album yes i think make some noise is the only like hit on this Uh, song probably yeah yeah i I personally don't think there are any like standout tracks on this no but it's just pretty good you know yeah it's a good album i i will say after the last one though i expected this to be something totally different yeah (laughs) and i thought that like maybe 2007 was the point where they were like all right we're fucking done now we can do something different yeah that would have been cool but that wasn't the case um you know it's a good album it's a good return to Obviously, I, they did not intend for this to be their last album. It's unfortunate yeah. that this was their last album because I feel like it would have been cool to have like an intentionally like a, oh, this is like our goodbye. Yeah. Not that not that all last albums that are intentionally less left as the last album, uh, but are it is great. Cool, like the best song or yeah, best album. Yeah, but if you can say like, hey, this is our swan song, that doesn't mean it's your best. Yeah, but you it, can say it's the final album, which is, which, which is, can be really nice, yeah, and I guess therapeutic and, but yeah, so uh, in let's see, I think it was 2012, uh, MCA, Adam Yauk, mm-hmm. uh, he passed away at the age of 47. He had throat cancer or uh, parotid cancer, which I believe is throat cancer. I may be wrong about that, but. He passed yeah, away. He, he found out about that a couple of years before that. Yeah. 2009. They had to cancel a tour because of it. They canceled kind of part one of the hot sauce committee. So, yeah. 
yeah, so that's what happened. It wasn't intended to be their last, uh, but it is. They BC Boys went on to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good for them. Makes sense. Yeah, they didn't disband till they definitely, 2014. They're one of those like big influential bands. Yeah, that like as much of you know Hall of Fame kind of stuff is mostly bullshit. Like they definitely deserve that. So. Yeah, and as much as you know, I would like to see the Beastie Boys live. I completely respect and understand why they would never oh, yeah. be yeah. a group again. So overall, Beastie Boys is the greatest hits band for me. Uh, if you're gonna go listen to an album. Obviously, licensed to Ill, which is their first album. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized that they have uh, two albums that have Ill in the title. Yep. I am a dumbass. I thought that was kind of their thing. I expected yeah. more songs or albums to have that, actually. They did some cool tours. They supported Madonna, Run DMC. They did a tour with Public Enemy, one with Cypress Hill, one with, uh, like, with Run DMC instead of supporting, and they did one with a tribe called Quest, which would have been very cool. Um, I'm gonna stop talking. You wanna get us out of this? Do we have? We're gonna do one. Uh, yeah, I think that. I mean, I, I think yeah. Go listen to that first album if you like it. Go listen to a random other album, honestly, because it's hard for me to order them. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, it's so hard. I can recommend songs. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, greatest hits. Go album. listen to the greatest hits, <laughs> which I hate to recommend, <laughs> but um, just go listen to that first album. Really? Yeah, this was fun. I'm sorry. I just like that you said it was like four four albums. This this was so. probably the most disappointing one to me. I hated Caius, and I will never but listen you to knew, Caius again. You knew that going into it. I didn't, but kind of. Well, you knew that you thought you would. I don't know. Yeah, if you tell me it's stoner metal, I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm very wary. There I'm, are. Sp- I'm not a stoner, so I don't want to listen to that music. Yeah. There is good stoner metal, but yeah, no, that's not. So, so for our next uh, deep dive, we're going to listen to a band that has five albums. And they spanned from 1969 to 2013. I'm walking on eggshells here. It's uh, the Stooges. That's a good choice. Uh, so that's very good. I'm surprised they only have five albums. Yeah. I was very happy to find that out because I wanted to pick them as a band on here. But so I'm looking it didn't up right now. Didn't want to do nine or ten albums. And so. I'm really scared you're going to be wrong. No, I, I'm looking at it right now. It's they have five albums. Just like I was wrong about the Beastie Boys. Iggy Pop has a lot of albums, and he has a new one coming out, which is what you're thinking of. Yep. Yeah, they do only have five. Because as a solo artist, he's done like 15 or yeah. something like that. So that's exciting. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. The Stooges. The Stooges. Mm-hmm. 